Hi, and welcome to the eighth episode of Vasha's Thought. So today I'd like to talk about sensitivity again, because that was where we left off in the last podcast. We were talking about how practicing sensitivity is essential, because sensitivity leads to opening of the heart, it allows us to feel more, and It allows us to connect with that which is real, with that which is of value, with that which is sane, and it allows us to use our inner compass much better. Our inner compass becomes much more refined and thereby allows us to grow. Because if we come to a particular plateau of sensitivity, and do not go beyond, then very often we get stuck there. We were talking about the abuser and the abused being on a plateau and the abuser feeling like they had much more freedom than the abused and that may have been true in some ways, but they were blind to how much more they could have. So seeing how they were in a better position than the other they stayed on that plateau. And a person who stays on that plateau can never really reach their higher potential. You see, sensitivity opens us up to not suppress parts of ourselves so that we can know ourselves, we can feel ourselves, and then we can express ourselves without knowing or feeling or having access to ourselves, it becomes really tricky to reach our highest potential. We will never even know what that could have been. So, if the goal is to reach one's highest potential, then sensitivity is key, as it becomes the compass that becomes more and more refined and shows us the way to that success. And the path of greater sensitivity is also the path of more aliveness, greater sanity, more freedom. It moves us more towards what is real, what is valuable. It's the path of presence. So how do we see it? How can we experience it? Let's take a look at the suffering, uh, the suffering of another person, for instance, and how we can express our relationship to that along this path. So maybe somewhere at the bottom of that, we might express pity. So if we see someone suffering in some way, we can say, well, I pity that disgraceful being. They were pretty much created as a mistake and they have to go on living like that. I really pity them. Yeah, I mean, this is really sad. Pity isn't really anything that connects us to anyone else. But it is very full of judgment. And as we shall see, the path towards an open heart, the path towards us, the path towards joy and reality, the path 
towards value moves us away from judgment. So pity is something that has a lot of judgment, mostly judgment and really no real relationship to the other who is suffering. So if we move up, what could be the next level above pity? Well, that could be sympathy, right? You can feel sympathy for someone. You can say, oh, yeah, that's really bad. Oh, uh, yeah, we all go through these kinds of things sometimes, but that's, um, that's really tough. Mm, yeah. So we're kind of sympathetic to them. We're no longer seeing them as this disgraced being. We even recognize that, yes, I've been through things like that, so I know what that is about. Yeah, yeah, this is really bad. I can, I can say that that's bad. But that also doesn't really connect us to the other person. It's still all about us. Now I can recognize that I've had an experience like that. In pity, I, I couldn't even recognize the experience. Now I can recognize that I've, I have had it, but I'm not connecting to the other person who is having it right now. So uh, there's still a lot of judgment and no real connection. What happens above that? What's the next level? Well, maybe that could be empathy, where you empathize with someone. And so maybe you say, oh, I can see that in that moment you really needed to feel even just a little bit of recognition and um, with what happened, wow, that, that was really tough. Yeah, I can, I, I can empathize with that. See how empathy takes us, opens our heart. It takes us closer to the other person. This is where we start connecting with the other. This is where something real starts to happen. We're no longer in the judgments. We're no longer in the story about what is happening and relating it to, yeah, yeah, I know that story, I've, I've been there. We're coming into the present moment and we're trying to connect with the other person. And this is where something real happens. And this is why empathy has the ability to open the heart of the other person. When you tell them, yes, I can see what you are needing, and wow, I understand and I can feel what was going on, then the other person can start to feel heard. They can start to breathe and they can start allowing themselves access to themselves. So empathy is like a key that starts opening the heart, starts placing both persons in the present moment, in reality, not in the stories, not in the judgments, but here and now. And it offers a greater context of how and why things happen and understanding that. Nice. So that's empathy. Is there something above empathy? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can move beyond empathy. And when you move beyond empathy, instead of just 
connecting, which isn't just, but instead of connecting with the other person and really empathizing with them, empathos, <laughs> feeling their pain, feeling their discomfort, feeling their whatever it is they're going through, and being there present in that, you can be there present in something greater. So when you come to compassion, you come to love. It's an accepting love where you open up beyond and you embrace what is going on and you shine a light. See, in empathy, you start opening the heart. Beyond empathy, now that you, you have opened the heart, you also shine a light and you, you point to it, look, there's something even bigger. There's something even greater than all of this pain. There's hope. But the way to do it is to do it with an open heart, presence, and an absolute lack of judgment. So there is no judgment of any sort. So there is no judgment regarding the negative, for instance. It's not like saying, well, I accept you now in your emotional instability. No, no, no. There's no judgment of emotional instability. Or the opposite, there's no judgment of good. It's not like saying, yes, you can cry now. Yes, that's good for you. That will bring you closure or it's good. Go ahead and cry. Yeah, that's also a judgment. So in true compassion, there is an open heart from the part, uh, uh, from the person who is... Uh, showing the compassion, there is presence and a connection with the person who's going through the problems, and there is a light being shown without any kind of judgment. Um, so that's it? Or is there a, a higher level? Can we move beyond compassion? Well, we can. Uh, there's another element that is very important, and that has to do with equanimity, with stability. And so, if you have equanimous compassion, then you're able to shine a stable light on the person. So that is like with empathy, opening the heart of another person, allowing them to open the heart, connecting with the heart, embracing without judgment, and being stable in it. No matter what the other person goes through, it doesn't affect your ability to open, accept, be present, send love, and no judgment. So let me give you maybe an example of something like this. It happened to me when my mother died. 
So she was in her early 50s when she died and at her funeral there was this older relative from her family, my family, and it was a lady in her 80s who came to the funeral with many other people, but I remember that at the funeral I was really sad and I decided to not care about other people and I would just cry if I felt like it I would cry and so I cried and I noticed that this made a lot of people uneasy they didn't feel very good about it they didn't know how to respond to it and they were saying different things and they were trying to find a way of interacting with me and and I decided not to care about that because my normal reaction would have been to stop crying just to make them feel better but I decided I don't care and then among all of these people there was this lady and she was different she had no discomfort at all with me being any way I wanted to. I could cry, I could be calm, and I could speak with her. No matter what I did, she was just as comfortable in her skin and just as present with me. She didn't give me any advice and she didn't show any kind of judgment. She never told me, yes, it's good to cry, continue, Uh, this will help you. No, no advice of that sort. And she didn't say, I will embrace you, I will allow you to be like this today because, you know, it's a special day. No, no judgment of any sort. And her, her ability to stay present and open with me was really impactful. She had equanimous compassion and I was blown away by it, even in that moment. It was so beautiful. I could see the light that she was showing me and it was so much bigger than the pain that I was feeling. In Buddhism, they often talk about the four, I think they are four loves, the four Brahma-viharas, and they are different types of love. You have the sympathetic joy, which is where you can be joyful because someone is having success, so you can be happy with them. That's a sympathetic joy. Then you have the loving kindness, um, maybe a little bit higher up. Above that, you have compassion, and the highest one of all is equanimity. So... It is equanimous compassion that we are looking for. And that is when the heart is at its most open and we have access to all of us, all parts of us. We don't shy away from anything. But the road to compassion, especially from empathy to compassion, is the the toughest path because... You really have to feel all the pain when you're in empathy, when as you're moving up. So sometimes it can feel very difficult, especially as you're becoming more and more sensitive. 
and you're seeing more and more of the pain around you. And then you might ask, how much more can I take? How much more pain can I allow and still exist? There's so much, and then there's even more. And so when people get into empathy, it becomes tricky. Sometimes people shut off and stop the path of sensitivity. And some become bitter, and some become very closed-hearted after that, just to protect themselves against all the pain that they are able to feel. So this is the challenge, to be able to see the pain, connect with the pain, but see then that there is a light, that there is something greater that is so much more stable And the pain doesn't matter. The pain disappears in comparison to it. So before you can see that, and you're in empathy, that's probably the toughest part of uh, this ladder of sensitivity as you're moving up through it. But does it matter? Do we have to do this? Why should we do it? Well, And how does it fit into the world, by the way, and the things that are going on in the world? Well, if we want to reach our highest potential, we definitely need it. We have to be sensitive enough to be able to reach our highest potential. Also, in our world, we are actually moving in that direction. See, there are so many things going on, and they're all interconnected. For instance, we're moving away from a materialistic world where we were focused on material resources. This was the basis of our economy and how things worked. So we're ending this era of um, abusing the earth, of using up all of the resources maybe because we are coming towards the end and there's not so much more we can use. That may be one part of the driving force behind it. But that kind of mentality that goes with this material resources is a lack-based mentality. It's a fear-based mentality. It is lack-based because the material resources are not infinite. They are not. They may be abundant at some point, but they will end. And right now, a lot of them seem to be ending. There's so many people around. We seem to be using up the resources. So this scarcity mindset brings about competition as well, where you have to compete. And that is all tied into this hierarchical society that we have had for so long. But we're moving away from it. Even though the driving forces might not be um, enlightened, uh, they are there. For instance, countries that in the future want to be stronger financially, they're moving away from unsustainable energy and they have been investing in sustainable energy and our material resources in the future will also be much smaller in other areas, not just when it comes to energy, because 
Very soon we will be able to 3D print most things. You can 3D print a house within a day if you want to. This kind of technology is going to become much more available, much cheaper. And so the basic cost is to develop the technology and build the machine. After that, you don't have this high cost for each particular unit. So we're moving into a more abundance-based mindset. And we're moving away from material resources to more intangible resources. These are becoming more important. So whereas before, maybe it was very important that you had a strong back so that you could carry cement. And uh, uh, most people were expected to become manual laborers of some sort. Well, of course, that has reduced drastically and we're moving more and more into our mental capacities and we're moving more and more towards intangible things. So things like qualities, things like your creative expression, ability to express yourself creatively, those things are important. And so what you want to ask yourself is, what makes me unique? What is so special about me? How can I grow so that I can express this and share this? Now, in this society, what you share, you don't lose. What you share becomes multiplied in material resources. If you share something, well, you give it away and you don't have it anymore. Here, when you share those intangible things that come from inside of you, other people gain that. It's like knowledge or information. Now, sharing means multiplying. It doesn't mean that something is scarce. Quite the opposite, it becomes abundant. So you need to know what is special and unique about you. And it's not your ability to carry cement. So to know more about you, you need to know what energizes you, what moves you, what expands you. You need to be able to access yourself. You need to be sensitive enough to be able to go that deep. So you need to know you more and more and when you know when you have found those things and you express yourself then you can plug into the technology and the new technologies that are coming along technologies where you can share this in ways that might not have been possible before and then let that move others so that which moves you can now, as it is plugged into the technologies, move others. And then, if we have more technologies that can measure, learn to measure these intangibles, and then feed that back into you, then you can see how you are affecting the world. 
how you are impacting the world. You can feel how what moves you moves the world and how it impacts it. And you can be connected to that. This is the heart-centered system that we are moving towards. And it is heart-centered because if you close off your heart, if you close down your sensitivity, you will never have access to your highest potential, which is where the intangibles live. You will never be able to express the best version of you. And now with the new technologies, we can have technologies that are such that they work better when you are truly an independent thinker. So it's not mass consciousness, it's not the hierarchical system that we've had of power. The more free you are, the more independent you are and creative, the better the system works. We can create decentralized systems that are emergent order systems that use the wisdom of crowds and feed the information into the entire system so that everyone can benefit from it in the best way possible and then feed that back to you so that you know how you are affecting the world, how you are moving the world. And that can actually be the financial system. See, measuring has to do with the financial system in our current society. We measure things in money. So I give you something, you give me that much money in return. That's my feedback. And then I know, okay, that was valuable to you. This is a version of how things might be able to work in the future. And so we see that becoming more sensitive, we can gain access to our highest potential. And this is something that is actually going on in our society right now, a fundamental change that is coming. Even though the change is not driven by uh, maybe a higher consciousness in that sense, it still leads to a profound change in our ways of thinking where we move from scarcity mindset, lackful thinking, into abundant thinking where the materials were valuable before and now the intangibles become valuable. And this is more aligned with who we are because to us, the intangibles have always been the ones that we were actually looking for. So this is it for today. Thank you for listening. And I will talk to you in another podcast. Take care.